Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It's a whodunit on the high seas featuring a man of muscles, a two-headed trapeze artist, a horned-headed ringmaster, and the madman of Snap City. That's today on episode 201 of Just Another Fanboy. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. My name is Steven. I'm the guy that hosts this thing. I kick this whole shebang off. I'm the guy sitting at a table with a microphone screaming into it because I don't have anything else to do with my life except care for my family, I guess. I should probably be more concerned about that. You know, bringing home that cheddar and then maybe some bacon. That sounds good. Cheddar bacon, Cheddar Bay biscuits, Cheddar. I've kind of lost my train of thought there. Anyway, today we're talking about Madman Comics, issue number three. This was published by Dark Horse back in August of 1994. It was written by Mike Allred. He's also the artist. His wife, Laura, was the colorist. And it was lettered by Sean Connaught. And I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly. By saying it, cannot, it sounds like it's K-N-O-T, and people are going, that's not, you idiot. No, it's K-O-N-O-T. Conit. Conit? Cannot? I think it's Conit. It's probably Conit. That makes more sense, right? Anyway, the issue opens with Frank on an ocean liner. He is on a sea cruise with his love interest. Joe Lombard, and he is running from ship security. They have accused him of murder. The purser of the ship has been murdered in a very violent fashion, mutilated, they even say, and the madman of Snap City, Frank Einstein, has become the prime suspect. The body apparently was found in his room, and so he's running because he's telling them that he is not the culprit. He is not a murderer. We see the ringmaster from the circus that was featured in 
I believe it was the third ever issue of Madman. So if you go back and listen to whatever episode it is with Mad, where we talk about Madman Part Three, that's going to be episode one hundred and one from April thirtieth of two thousand and twenty. It features a circus, Madman and his shenanigans when he's dueling it with the bad guy. They part of that big dueling action scene takes place in a circus, and afterwards. The ringmaster invites Frank to join their circus, but Frank's like, nah, maybe later. I want, I, 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 I kind of want to hang out with my lady, Joe. And so we're now on this ocean liner, and it seems as if some of these circus performers are there. Madman is running from, again, ship security. He jumps over the side of the ship. We find out that Dr. Flem is waiting there with some kind of airship and he catches Frank and they go zooming off, but then they stop a few hundred feet from the ship and you can see Frank and Dr. Flem. They're speaking to each other. We find out that Frank is telling Dr. Flem why he is in trouble. I can imagine the conversation. We don't, we, we, we see it. We just don't hear it. We don't know what they're saying, but I imagine he's telling Dr. Flem, well, they think I murdered somebody. They found somebody in my room. The purser, he's dead. They think I'm the one that killed him, and I don't want to be thrown in jail. And Dr. Flem is telling him, well, son, you are not a murderer. I know you're not a murderer. I know you couldn't have done this. You have to do what's right and go back and let them arrest you. All will work out because you're innocent. And so they end up going back to the ship, and Dr. Flem tells the captain, I can vouch for this man. He is not a murderer. We will allow you to arrest him. He is turning himself in as long as you don't stop looking for the actual murderer. And they're like, fine, whatever. So they lock him up. So we join Frank in the brig. He is trying to fill out his journal while his hands are cuffed behind his back. Joe is in the brig with him, but she's not in a cell. She's sleeping on a desk. She wakes up and Frank actually snaps the chains of his cuffs, which on the one hand, I'm thinking, well, why didn't you do that before? And on the other hand, I'm like, I don't remember Frank being that strong, but apparently he must be, or there was some kind of flaw in the chains because he just straight up fricking snaps them. He tells Joe that she should go back to their room. She needs to be, she needs to be in bed. She doesn't need to be sleeping on a flipping desk. And she tells him that, nah, I want to be with you, Frank. Even if all you're going to do is update your journal. I just, I don't want to be away from you because, you know, they are so in love with each other and it's so sweet. I love them both. And so Frank goes back to writing in his journal and he tells us the story of how things came to be. Because if you remember from the previous episode, when we talked about Madman issue number two, that was episode number 173, Madman part eight from Tuesday, March 16th, Frank and Joe had gone over to Dr. Flem's and Frank was given a birthday party by two of the robots that Dr. Flem had created, Warren and Marie, and they had built other robots. One of them is a guy that is called Astro Man, who basically is a, while he doesn't look like Frank, he is a robot version of Frank, and he has Frank's memories. They apparently scanned his memories onto a disc, and they put it into Astro Man. And then they built a robot called Machina. I think that was her name. A female, basically, robot. Or a uh, uh, 
a robot that looks like a female. I mean, they're freaking robots, right? And Astro Man and Machina fall in love with each other. We find out that Machina built a robot to kill Frank. And I, I honestly can't quite remember why. Or no, I think she built the robot to kill Joe because if Astro Man has Frank's memories, then he's going to be in love with Joe and Machina is very jealous of Joe and it was this whole thing. And then we find out there's actually a crap ton of robots down there and they all just escape. They all go running into the tunnels. There's a big just they they discover just all these robots down there that Dr. Flem had no idea they were down there and they all go running off into the tunnels. And so we take up that part of the story here as Frank is telling us how we got to this cruise ship. He reminds us that in way back in the first Madman series, which was just called Madman, how he had met these people from the circus and they invited him to, to, to come on a trip with them and be part of their circus. And in this case, it's a uh, they are performing their circus on a cruise ship. And he agreed to go with them, providing that they bring Joe along as well. So he's kind of looking at this as kind of a work vacation. He gets to perform for the circus and he gets to be on a, a romantic cruise ship with his lady friend, Joe. And he's telling us in the journal that that ended up, of course, being one of the worst decisions he's ever made. And he's really quite bummed out about it because he had been he thought that he and Joe were coming along nicely, basically that he still considers her kind of a mystery as far as really what her true feelings for him are. And he was going to ask her to go steady with him. But now he feels like he can't because he is in, you know, maritime jail. And so as he's telling the story, he 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 tells the circus, yes, we'll, we'll come with you. And it's going to be a couple weeks before they go. So that's when they run into the alien Mott from the planet Hoople. We talk about him a bit in Madman Part 7, episode number 139 from November 24th, 2020, and Madman Part 8. Mott from the planet Hoople appears in those two comics, and we think he's a bad guy at first, but he and, he and Frank become like the best of chums. And so Frank and Mott are in the tunnels looking for robots, and they run across one of the robots and they're about to 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 tackle him and, and deactivate this robot and the robot's like no look i'm not i'm not one of these crazy ro i mean i was with these robots but i'm not like them i just i you know i'm i i don't want to do anything bad i'm a good guy and they're like well then why did you run with all the other robots and he says well because it was crazy everybody was running i didn't want to get caught up in anything and i was actually on my way back to the lab when when i came across you guys and they say, all right, that that makes sense. You head on back to the lab. We'll keep looking. And he says, well, I, I've got another robot down here with me, Mr. Robot. I, I created him. He said, you created him? Yeah, I can I can take raw materials out of, your, out of the earth and create robots that way. And so Frank and Mott realize they have to go back and tell Dr. Flem because Warren and Marie made some robots. One of those robots made another robot. And now one of those robots is making robots. So Mott basically compares it to like a virus. If the reason why there are so many robots all of a sudden is because they're all creating new robots, they could just end up just freaking taking over the freaking world. And so they go back to Dr. Flem's lab and they're explaining to him, you know, what's going on. And Dr. Flem says, well, I think the only thing we can do here is I can hook something up to the satellite and 
basically they don't call it EMP, but that's ultimately what it is. He's like, I can throw this switch and every fuse between here and Snap City will be blown and it will knock out all the robots. And providing that somebody doesn't know how to reactivate a robot, then we can just go out and collect them at our leisure. Well, Astro Man, is that his name? Now I'm, now I'm worried that that's not his name. Hold on just a minute. Let me look that up. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. And you so badly, I could... They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered... Yes, it is Astro Man. I look it up. It's Astro Man. And as I was looking it up, I found out that the robot that they found in the tunnel that Frank and, and Mott found in the tunnel, his name is Mechanical Man. And the robot that he built, Mr. Robot, apparently can only say the word Jeepers, which I just love. He's like this big barrel-shaped robot with these giant square eyes. And so it looks like he's just wearing a big freaking pair of glasses and he's always going, Jeepers. That's just that's just one of those dumb little things about Mike Allred's work that just endears me to the stuff that he creates. It has nothing to do with the story. It's ultimately just stage dressing, but it's a, a big, uh, like, pill-shaped robot, <laughs> big barrel-shaped giant robot that says Jeepers, and it looks like he's wearing great big, giant, thick glasses. I just, I love it, love it so much. Anyway, Astro Man does not like this idea because he knows that that means both he and Machina will be deactivated. He's not concerned for himself, but he's concerned for his love, Machina. and Doctor. Flem tells him, you know, you're very noble. We, I, I, I like that about you. You're a very noble creature or being or, or whatever. And he goes, but don't worry. Um, all we have to do is reactivate you. We'll do that right away. And you should be just fine. This should not have any actual lasting consequences. And Astro Man says, okay, I guess if that's what we need to do, that's what we need to do. Well, Frank, he wants to delay this because he's worried, you know, Astro Man has Frank's memories that were scanned from Frank's brain and put onto a disc. Well, Frank has trouble accessing his own, his own memories. He doesn't remember who he used to be. If you recall, when we first started going through these Madman comics, Madman or Frank Einstein is basically one of the walking dead. He is somebody who died in a car accident that his friend, Dr. Boyford, brought back to life using some kind of formula that Dr. Flem had created. Well, Dr. Boyford then started experimenting on himself with a brain-expanding chemical that made his brain so big and made him so incredibly smart that he's just so smart he can't communicate with people in a regular way. And so he's just kind of stuck in a hospital, just babbling incoherently with this giant brain-sized head. Anyway, Dr. Boyford named him Frank Einstein. That's not his real name. He named him after Frank Sinatra and Albert Einstein. But Frank doesn't remember who he was 
before he died. And so he's he's worried that if they shut all these robots down and bring them back up, that something will happen to the memories that were given to Astro Man. And he wants to just take a couple moments to see if Astro Man can remember anything about Frank's previous life. So yeah, he just asks him straight out, can you can you remember anything about who I am, my previous life, how I died? And Astro Man starts to think about it, and then it just then suddenly he just starts freaking out. He says he remembers a name, Janine, and he says, My name was, and he starts basically making a Z sound. Z, Z, Z. And then he just starts really just freaking out. He is in pain. Machina is really upset at Frank. What have you done to him? If you have hurt him, I will kill you. Astro Man gets to the point where he can't take it anymore and he he can fire these energy blasts from his hand and he fires them into his eyes and he shoots these two holes into his head and he collapses and dies. And Machina's like, you killed my man! And she jumps on Frank and she starts choking him and she has these claws pop out of her fingers and she claws at him and Mott tries to pull her off of him. And it's at that point, Dr. Flem's like, all right, I, I got to do something. And he throws the lever and all the lights go out and all the robots collapse. And so they find Frank in the dark. They get some flashlights and, and he's 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 cut and he's bleeding, but he says he's fine. But he feels horrible. He has killed Astro Man. If he would not have asked him that question, Astro Man would still be alive. Mott tries to console him. You know, there's no way you could have known that that was going to happen. And then Dr. Flem tells him, look, don't worry about it. He's a robot. All we have to do, we, we still have your memories on this disc. All we have to do is get him a new head, reactivate him, put the memories back in, bing, bang, bomb, boom. Everything is fine. And Frank's like, oh, okay, if, if you say so, I'll, I, I believe you, I, I guess. I, I guess it's okay. And and then Dr. Flem says, you know what? You're really stressed out. You're going to be going on this cruise anyway. Why don't you and Joe go ahead and go, go pack, you know, go back to Snap City because Dr. Flem lives in Buzztown, which is like a small town outside of Snap City. Snap City is the big city. He goes, go back to Snap City, which is where Dr. Boyford's from. Frank's been staying at Dr. Boyford's place while Boyford is in the hospital. Says, pack your things and, uh, you know, just take a little vacation and then you can, you can go on the cruise. And he says, okay. And they get in the Magna car, which is a, uh, basically like a freaking land speeder that, uh, Dr. Flem created. And they, they go back to Snap City. All the lights are out as they're cruising in, but then they come back up and Frank's worried because Dr. Boyford's in the hospital and he's on machines and whatnot. And he wants to go check on him. Joe says, you shouldn't worry. They have backup generators for that. But if but if it'll make you feel better, of course, we can go visit your friend. And they go to visit Dr. Boyford, and he's still just the way he has been, just a big giant brain head with a body and just mumbling nonsense that is probably the most brilliant equations any human being has ever said. But it's being said so intelligently that nobody can understand it. So from there, they pack up. They eventually, they, they, they get to the cruise ship when they're supposed to leave. They're getting on just as the cruise ship is about to embark. They meet up with the ringmaster and the ringmaster tells them, go ahead and unload your stuff. Get you in your cabin and unload your stuff. And then I'll, I'll meet you to the, I, I don't remember their names. Let me, let me see if I can find that real quick. Looking for their names, looking for their names, looking through the comic book. Looking for their names. The Bellway Brothers. These are, well, as Frank puts it, 
either triplets or quadruplets, depending on if you're counting bodies or heads, because these are your trapeze artists. It's one two-headed guy and then two other dudes. And they start showing Frank the routine. Frank picks it up really easily because one of the things about him as he was brought back to life, he he somehow has gained psychic powers and he's super athletic and has basically superhuman reflexes and agility. And apparently he's a bit strong too because like I said, he snapped that chain of the uh, the handcuffs. And so he's picking it up right away and the the Bellway brothers are being really short and mean to him. They're not being nice at all. And, and they they finish practice and he asks the ringmaster, they they seem kind of they seem like they don't like me. And he says, I don't worry about them. They're just really intense. Why don't you go rest up? And as he's heading back to his room, he runs into the muscle man. He's the the strong man of the group, but you can actually see his muscles. It's like he doesn't have any skin. You can see his muscles. And he's really short and rude to Frank as well. And Frank's like, look. What's going on? You know, you guys invited me here. Why is everybody angry with me? And the guy just, he just says, you're not wanted here. And he walks away. So Frank walks Joe to her cabin. They're not sharing a cabin. They haven't reached that level yet in their relationship. And as he's walking back to his cabin, a guy in a trench coat and a hat with sunglasses and a scarf wrapped around his face so you can't see who he is, just dumps a bucket of blood on Frank and then runs off and Frank goes chasing him and he doesn't catch him. Guy gets away. Frank goes back to his room. He's like, what the frick is going on with this place? Everybody's mean to me. Some freaking stranger dumps a bucket of blood on me. What's going on? He goes back to his room and right away as he touches the doorknob, he's feeling a sense of dread. The door's unlocked, which shouldn't be. As he tries to open it, it bumps into something. He steps into the room and there's the purser dead in his room. Mutilated is the way he puts it. They don't show it. All you see is is uh, from the neck up. Everything else is in shadow. Mike Allred actually drew X's over the purser's eyes so you know that he's dead. But apparently his body has been mutilated beyond recognition. Everything about his his body except for his head has been skinned and mutilated. It's all gross. And a couple of passengers come by and they see it and they're like, oh, no, murderer. And, and uh, that's where we get where we were at the beginning of the book. Well, now that we're all caught up with the story, Frank is finishing up the story in his journal and the captain comes in and he says, we've made a mistake. There's been another murder, another mutilation, and they need Frank's help. And that's how the issue ends. And it says, next, waning of the weird. This is, again, I say this every time, but when I first discovered Madman, it was during this series, the third series. The first series is called Madman. The second series is called Madman Adventures. The first series was three issues. The second series was three issues. Um, I think the first, both the first and the second series were released by Tundra. I don't remember if that's the case with the first series. I know the second series was. But the third series is called Madman Comics. It was published by Dark Horse. And there are a number of those. But that's when I first discovered Madman was issue number one of Madman Comics from Dark Horse. And fell in love with it right away. Found the previous six issues at conventions and whatnot. And it was some at some point during the Dark Horse run 
that I had stopped reading comics. I'd taken a break from comics. I couldn't afford it anymore. And so I never finished the Dark Horse run. When I started reading comics again, I couldn't afford to go back and try to find back issues of stuff. I was just buying new books. And at some point when I was starting to read again, Image Comics started publishing Madman. So then there was a fourth series, and I think it was called Madman Atomic Comics. And I started reading those. And again, I only got a few issues in before I stopped reading comics again. And so now I'm using this as an excuse to get all caught up, to get, you know, to go back. I went, I started from the beginning, and now here we are with issue number three. And I just love these books so much. Again, it's some of the little things are what make me love this the most. Uh, the, the, the robot named Mechanical Man who makes another robot named Mr. Robot who says Jeepers, you know, just, just dumb stuff like that. Frank's relationship with Joe. I just love how Frank is so freaking in love with Joe. He is so enamored with her and she with him. But it's like they're taking it slow. They're both nervous. They're just really nervous to really let each other know exactly how they feel about each other, even though it's fairly obvious to us, the reader, that they're both just over the moon for each other. They're just so in love. And it's just it's just so adorable. I love it so much. Um, Now, the first three issues, the first series was black and white. The second three issues is when they started colorizing them or just making them color. And recently, and I was able to pick it up at a very nice discount digitally through Comixology, they released the first of the Madman Library editions. And that is what I read this issue from. And the great thing about this library edition is that it has in it, let me, let me get to the, let me get to the front of this book. I got it in front of me on my phone. So first of all, this freaking thing has 678 pages. It contains for the record, which is the very first Frank Einstein story, uh, which I do own the comic issue. Uh, it's, it's a, it was an, in an anthology comic called Creatures of the Id. It has the first series, Madman issues one through three, which they have colorized. So that's in color, which is really cool. It's got Madman Adventures one through three. It's got Madman Comics one through 10. And then it's got something called They, issues one through three, which was written by Lee Allred, which I believe is Mike Allred's brother. It was drawn by Mike Allred with colors by Laura and Han Allred. I'm not sure who Han is. Maybe he's their their kid. I don't know. I, I need to probably look that up. But I don't remember ever reading a three-issue series called They. So I'm really looking forward to getting to that eventually. But this is... Even digitally, it's it's a beautiful book, and I have seen videos of people who have bought the actual library, the, the hardback physical copy. It's freaking huge. It's oversized, and uh, just watching it on a video, people, you know, them flipping through the pages, it's something that I would love to own, but it's like 60, 70, 80 bucks if you get it on discount, and I paid a lot less through Comixology. They had a great sale going on. There was an image sale going on and uh, it was already discounted because it was digital and plus the sale, plus my Comixology unlimited discount. I couldn't pass it up. So I got it and it's awesome and I love it. And I'm so glad that I'm able to continue reading these stories and they look even better in this format. They're, they're more high, high def. 
Then the other format I was reading it in, which was just the the trades that the you know the original trades that Image Comics put out after they started publishing Madman Comics. They they you know they collected the original stories and put them out in trades. And the the you know the digital version of that on Comicsology is fine. It's just not as good as the library edition. So if you're a fan of Madman and you have the means to pick up that library edition, I I strongly urge you to. At least the digital version is well worth what you're going to pick it up for. And then if you can find it on sale, you know, when they're doing an image comic sale, that's even better. But next issue, issue number four, that's going to come. Hopefully I'll get to it next month. Now that I'm just going once a week, I don't know. I don't know how often I'll get to these series episodes, you know, because I'm doing Madman, I'm doing ElfQuest, I'm doing G.I. Joe. I should be doing John Burns Superman, but I might hold off on that for a bit since I'm only a couple issues into that. And then I've got other stuff to talk about. For example, next week, I think I'm going to be talking about the new Suicide Squad movie with a guest. I've already got that person lined up. Uh, uh, just a friend, friend of the show and a, and, a, and a friend of me, an old coworker that I used to work with. He's going to come on and we're going to talk about uh, Suicide Squad because it's going to be on HBO Max this weekend, baby. But yeah, that was Madman issue number three. Madman Comics from 1994. A lot of fun. Such a fun book. Full of adventure. Full of fun. I just, I can, I can never re- recommend this book enough. It's always been one of my favorites and it will probably continue to be one of my favorites. There are certain books that I have, like right now, I feel like my top three books ever created as far as, you know, if we're, if we're just talking about creator own titles, it's going to be, Madman Proof by Alex Grecian and Riley Rosmo. And then Daniel Warren Johnson's Murder Falcon. Those three right there are my top three of all time. And so far, nothing has kicked them out of those three spots. I couldn't tell you what's number one. Okay. Madman's number one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that. But again, I want to know, are you reading along? Are you enjoying these just as much as I do? What are your thoughts? If you send me an email at feedback, at justanotherfanboy.com, I will probably read it out on the show. I would love to. The, when I used to do Just Another Fanboy the first time around, back in 2006, 2007, 2008, there was a segment in every episode called Listener's Feedback. And in most weeks, I had emails and voicemails and junk like that to provide to everybody. You know, people send me an email, I'm going to read it in the podcast. People send me a voicemail, I'm going to play it on the podcast. Same goes here. If you want to send me an email, you want to put your thoughts down, your feedback, whether it's about Madman or anything else that I've talked about on the show, just send it to me to feedback at justanotherfanboy.com. You want me to talk about something else? You want to hear my thoughts on anything? You want to ask me questions? Send it there. If you want to get your phone out and you got a freaking voice recording app or a memo app or something on your phone and you want to record a two or three minute quote unquote voicemail, email that. To feedback at just another fanboy.com. And I'm probably going to put it on the show. I would love to bring listener feedback back to the show. The problem is nobody's sending me feedback. It's, it's a different world with podcasting than it used to be. Everybody was sending emails back then. And, and now, and, and I don't, I can't blame you. I don't do it. I'm not sending weekly emails to my favorite podcasts. So it's not like I'm, you know, practicing what I preach. I'm just letting you know. The opportunities there, feedback at justanotherfanboy.com. 
Until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye bye daddy. Bye bye daddy. Good job. Okay, now I gotta look it up because I forgot to look it up. Check one, check two. Just seems really loud. Check one, check two. Wait, here we go. It's a whodunit on the high seas featuring... Uh, forgot what I was going to say. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven and I have weeds in my ears. <laughs> that was dumb. That was dumb. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.